Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us today as myself and my co-host, both financial advisors. We spend our week working with people like yourself and broadcasting the weekend, being your financial advisors on the air. So whether you've got advisors you're working with now, you're doing things on your own, whatever the case, we're glad you are with us. We talk about things that are happening in the marketplace and the financial concepts, retirement planning, yeah. those sort of things. And then take your calls, answer your questions. And if you want to be part of our program, you can join us at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-999-6784. And, um, and you can always go to our website, allworthfinancial.com, and there's a way for you to communicate with us there as well. Yeah. Or you can send us an email at questions at moneymatters.com. Or you, you can, can drive on over. <laughs> you, you, can, you, you, you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter. There's lots oh. of things you can do. There are actually, it's pretty, <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe a little less today in this uh, lockdown. Yeah, but don't drive over. Absolutely not. <laughs> Do not don't, drive over. <laughs> don't okay. drive over. Please. They don't know where our studio is. Although, the, uh, yeah, don't drive over. <laughs> what are you afraid it's going to actually drive over? <laughs> we've had people just uh, show we've up had in some our offices. Sometimes, you know, yeah. You know, we've had some good clients show up. They're like, I was driving by, saw your sign. You don't want them to? No, no, you can come in. Absolutely. Yeah. You're all welcome. <laughs> okay. <'cause laughs> we're, but we're located in California, so wear your mask. Yeah. Uh, you ready to go? Let's go to the calls. <laughs> yeah, all right. Can we? I was going to talk about this Bitcoin ETF, but we can talk about it later. Yeah, I'd like to. Actually, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, this is the first time that you can actually, on a brokerage account, start trading a form of Bitcoin, but not Bitcoin itself. It's kind of a strange... It's an interesting concept. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. But let's first, we're going to South uh, South America. Or is that where we're talking? South, Randy in South America. The continent of South America. Randy, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Uh, good morning, Scott and Pat. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Randy. Uh, uh, you guys for about 20 years now. You're calling wow. from South America. Can we get a little bit more specific? South America is a pretty big geography. I don't think you're in Venezuela. No, Colombia. Oh, you very nice, very nice. Um, I, my son spent quite a bit of time in Colombia and said it was a beautiful, beautiful country. Yeah. Okay, so... so. Uh, my, my question today for you is about uh, long-term capital gains, and I'm wondering if I should sell my stocks and mutual funds in my brokerage account this year uh, while I'm living overseas and not a California resident. Uh, so a little about me, I'm 45, single, no kids, uh, federal government employee, and uh, I'm not considered a California resident now for tax purposes, uh, but I do plan on moving back to California in about three or four years. So uh, back in March of 2020, when the stock market uh, tanked a bit, uh, I had some cash and I invested in the stock market, and I'm looking at about $250,000 worth of long-term capital gains in that brokerage account. Mm. Um, and I just want to get your thoughts. I like the way you're thinking. Uh, I really like the way you're selling thinking. selling it this year. And you'd still have to pay, yeah, you'd pay federal, this year. you'd pay federal taxes on it because you file a federal return, but you're not correct. filing any state return in, in the United States, correct? That's correct. What's your, uh, what's your income normally? Without this capital gain, uh, about one sixty. Yeah, so about you'll be you'll be paying fifteen percent uh, capital gain unless you sold the whole chunk in one year. Then you'd be a little higher than that. Uh, but uh, that's interesting. Um, and why this year? You said you're moving back in three years. Uh, well, I'm I'm concerned about uh, the Biden administration increasing the capital gains rate to maybe twenty percent over the next couple of years. So I'm figuring if it's a 15 percent now uh i would kind of walk in that right now and uh take advantage of i like it percent 
Yeah, I don't know if I would. <laughs> this is exactly what I'd be thinking if I was in your situation. I don't know if I would uh, realize all those gains, but maybe maybe there's a particular holding that you've got that you like, you don't want to get rid of, but it's had a tremendous amount of gain. Maybe you, maybe maybe you sell that and buy something very similar. We have what are called wash sale rules that we, we if that will can preclude us from. Um, that's on the losses, though. That's not on gains, right? Yeah, it's in losses. That's a, never mind that. So you can turn around and repurchase the same asset. Um, I like it. Right, after 30 days, correct? That's a loss. Well, the wash sales rules... I don't think they apply to gains. The government doesn't care. They get paid. Um, the wash loss rules. Uh, to, to the best of my recollection, it doesn't apply to the gains. Um. As we don't is, have those questions as, very often. But as is evidenced by the fact that they're trying to tax gains that people haven't even recognized Okay, well, there yet. we go. There you go. <laughs> um, I mean, at a very minimum... I would trim at, the portfolio. At a very minimum, you could look back and say, what would be my ideal allocation today if I were to start with scratch? Or if this was all in a, in a retirement account where there are no tax considerations, what would be the ideal structure? Start there. What kind of gain is that? And then I'd look at those... Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any securities that, have, that you love that... Have had a tremendous amount of gain that you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to get rid of. So, but Scott, think of it this way: forget it, South America. You had, so if you, I lived in Nevada and I was moving back to California and I didn't have a choice and I was moving back to California, would there be a portion of my portfolio that I would recognize gains in in the state yeah, of so Nevada? Yeah. It's the same concept. It's the exact same thing. Here. Exact same thing. So the, the answer is yes. I would certainly go through. If and you scrub were seventy five, I would say no because we might hold the, some of these till you pass away and have a step up basis. But you're forty five. I like the idea. I would I would recognize at least half the gain as quickly as I possibly could. And I agree with Scott. Um, take a look at where you want the portfolio to be, and maybe next year I decide that I'm going to recognize. I would use it. I would primarily though it'd be getting to the portfolio portfolio to the, the allocation you want because what ends up happening and we have these conversations with clients on a daily basis people they put together a great portfolio they've got gains and then suddenly we're out of weight because we've got something's done very well and we've got an overweight in this position and we have a conversation and oftentimes a conversation goes something like we'd like to trim some of these uh trim your exposure here and, and get it more rebalanced in your portfolio this is the kind of tax uh <laughs> situation that it would that it would cause and then Oftentimes, people say, like, I don't want to pay any taxes. I know that I'm a little out of balance, but whether that's right or wrong, I'm just this, this is what ends up happening. Oftentimes, people don't, don't get to the ultimate uh, portfolio that they should have because of the tax consideration. So my challenge is, I'd say, if I were in your situation, I would look primarily at getting to the proper allocation, the allocation that you would build from scratch today first. And then if, that, then if you want to look at some additional gain, then you can look at some additional gain after that. All righty. Okay, sounds right. great. Appreciate right. it, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. Yeah, and thanks for listening. Uh, I don't know how many other uh, listeners we have in Colombia. I know, but I'm um, working note of this. Listen, working for the federal uh, government, living in Colombia there for uh, another three years. Yeah, let's spend a couple minutes talking about what he might be doing down there. It I'm could not be, going there. We can't. <laughs> we be, can't have that conversation. It could be anything. Are you implying that an entire country? What? I he could be working that... for an aid organization. Thank you. He could be working for. I just the... want to make sure you're not going down some path. DEA. He could be working. For I don't the think CIA. that would be fair. He could be working for almost anyone. There we go. Let's go to the calls. We're going to talk to <laughs> Larry in Elk Grove, California. Larry, thanks for joining All Worst Money Matters. Hi, Pat and Scott. Hi, Larry. What can uh, we do for you? Question for you. My wife and I are both 62. We're both going to retire at the end of the year. House is paid off. Uh, We're not going to take Social Security until 70. With the refi costs so low, below 2% now for a 15-year home loan, would it make sense to refi the house, get some really cheap money, and use that money to live on until 70 rather than starting to take money out of our our IRAs and 401ks. What is the value of your IRAs and 401ks? And other savings. 
3.5 million. And uh, is that all in IRAs and 401ks? Do you have money outside of IRAs and 401ks? About 3 million is. Is um, in the IRAs? She, she, in the IRA, yeah. Uh, she has 350000 in a annuity that pays 3.5% uh, minimum, 3.5% minimum. Got it. And then we got about 150000 in brokerage. And will you be receiving a pension? Yes, about 22000 a year uh, before tax. And I figure we need about 140000 before tax a year to, uh, uh, to stay at where we are today. You know, not scrimp. So what, by <laughs> – so you are you are willing to and here's just my first thought of like you are willing to bet your house that Congress is going to ensure a higher Social Security benefit for you for the rest of your life. Uh, I never thought of it that way. Uh, I mean, I, I'm taking it to an extreme, but that's. Well, there's a couple yeah. things that I would address here. One is that my guess is that you have some bond in the portfolio. I, I, look, I like the I like your you're, you're you're sitting there trying to you're you're yeah. trying to be creative in two areas. You're thinking one, it'd be best for us to wait to on our Social Security to get maximum benefit. Uh, two, I'm going to disagree with that. Right? By the way, two, you're saying, man, it's so cheap to borrow money. Is there is there a way I can make my financial life better by taking advantage of these low rates? That's that, that's, that's what you're, but I like the thinking, but my guess is that there's bond in the portfolio, either the brokerage or the IRA that's actually yielding less than three and a half percent. There is, but not much, uh, overall for the whole portfolio where I'm at, about, we're at about an 85% equity and that, so that other 15%, most of it is in the annuity that I mentioned. Got so the, it. The bonds that so I that's have a push. Are, are very, very small. So that the annuity is the push, right? Because you get financing yeah. at about the same amount as the annuity. So that's a push. Well, you, there's no reason to actually do that. Um, I would not. Uh, well, one thing, if you if you allow your IRA to grow from three million, let's say it's going to be five or six million. Let's call five million in eight years. Our minimum distributions at that time are. About two hundred thousand dollars, and then add on top of that, you start Social Security, and then add on top of that your pension of twenty-two thousand, and assume that has a cost of living increase. So when you start adding that all together, you're going to be income of well over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, which would lead me to believe that you should probably consider a couple of things prior to then. One is Roth conversions as soon as For you retire. Sure. As soon as you retire. Um, Roth conversion. I mean, part and which is really saying we've got this large chunk in tax deferred dollars that are going to be taxed, and the tax rate on that could vary in, anywhere from twelve percent to thirty seven percent, depending on how much you take out in any one year. So what we're what we'd be focusing on is can we use this period of time post retirement? You've got a low taxable income, twenty two grand from a pension. Can we take some years where we can take a chunk out of that retirement account, lock in our taxes at a low rate today by putting in a Roth conversion? Uh, that, that, that's how I would be focusing the next couple of years. And then he's trying to figure out how do I make my cash, my, my cash needs. Understand. So there, there would be a couple of things I would look at. One is maybe we, uh, we start, well, obviously we start distributions from the IRA and Roth conversions, immediately i wouldn't be digging into the home equity in the house for a couple reasons one is it, it, psychologically you don't know how you're going to react when you retire um or most, the next down market or the next down market but most people get more conservative in retirement with their investments not more aggressive. and our experience has been if you go back to the last financial crisis our and this is a, a this is just our personal experience right so, and I haven't seen any studies on this, but our personal experience, those that had their homes paid off during the financial crisis did a better job in maintaining their, their, their growth in their portfolio. Didn't, in other words, they were less inclined to, to react 
less nervous about their stocks because they knew that regardless of how bad things got, they had their home. And those that had a mortgage on their house did not have that same comfort. But in saying that, you've got, you know, you've got, got plenty of assets. You've got You're plenty not- of assets. You've got almost $500,000 in a fixed income in your portfolio. I don't know how much money we would take out of that, out of the home. So I wouldn't go that direction on there. I, I would probably look at most certainly taking Social Security prior to age You'd look at it. 70. I'd run the numbers. Yeah, I'd look at it. My guess is that you're probably going to end up taking Not Social just the Social Security numbers. I mean, what's this mean to your... Because you, there's, you, there's financial planning programs. You can do all these scenarios. You can plug this exact scenario in and say, what's this look like for your net worth at age 70 and 75 and 80 and 85? And then, and then you pro forma when you're going to do the Roth conversions and how much money to actually take out. So what you might find that you're better off doing is taking this $350,000 annuity and annuitizing it. Is this an after-tax annuity or is it inside of an IRA? I like that idea. It's inside of an IRA. All right. Well, that, that's a terrible idea then because it doesn't matter. Um, if it was and how long is the, how long is the interest rate guaranteed for? Uh, for the life of until we start taking it out, right. my wife right. can't add to it any longer. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. But, uh, then don't annuitize that. Yeah, because that's a pretty uh, good rate. That's in, a good rate in relative to the market. Uh, so what yeah. I would do is I would actually. Uh, I, my guess is you're probably better off taking Social Security. We, we'd obviously run the numbers. It, it's sixty six or sixty seven. We can't dis. We cannot discount the required minimum distribution and the impact that's going to have on your. And then we're. Income. And then what we want to do is actually start the Roth conversion um, the year after you retire, depending upon the income for the year or the re- year re- you do retire, and do it aggressively for three, four, maybe even five years. The Roth conversion, as well as income distribution from your brokerage account or your IRA, in order to live on. But I, but I wouldn't. The, you, so we, I know you called about the home mortgage, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch that. I wouldn't even worry about that. Okay. And with the the, um, I'm going to call it rollover IRA. But to to take the money out and um, would you? We've always been in the 22 percent tax bracket. Yeah, you won't be would next year. Us to even go. Well, I will be if you know. Still taking out 140 thousand. It's still going to jump us up into there. Uh, have, yeah, I mean, that's where you might... You, out you, money you, out of the IRA to put it in a Roth, would it behoove us to even go up into the 24% tax bracket to take more, to roll over more of that into a Roth? It very well may. It very well may. Because what you do is that when you map this, right, you say, okay, these are my distributions. What does my IRA account look like at age 72 when the required minimum distributions? It, it, look, you, it is a great job saving, right? you got a lot of money and you're like, you probably have more than you thought you would have had at retirement. You've done a great job saving. The challenge is almost all of it is in pre-tax dollars. If you had a big chunk, and it's regard. It doesn't matter what we've done in the past. This is where we are, right? If you had it, but if you had a chunk that was not in re- retirement assets, you can use those dollars to pay the tax on the Roth conversion. But you don't have a lot relative to your net worth in in after tax dollars, and would hate to see you drain that down to nothing. But but you, it might even make sense, Scott, for him to actually uh, use some of the taxable dollars out of the IRA to pay for the Roth conversion. Um, it might not in a twenty. I don't. I wouldn't. I would I mean, move it to a 24. I would and are you going to stay? You're in uh, what, California? Are you going to stay in California indefinitely? Yes. Okay. There's some planning. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, the, I mean, okay. so these are all great. These are all great questions. And the best way to get the answers is to run the numbers. Yeah. And then to look at a variety of different scenarios. Yeah. And we're not avoiding the questions, but this format isn't designed to run spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, yeah, right. I know. We'll but, be back in about ninety minutes no, no, when we no, do some analysis. Truly, truly, I mean, the, the financial planning we do, we have large screens in all the advisors' offices, and it's interactive. So, the, the process is the advisors sit down with the clients, like, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What do you hope to achieve? What are the assets? Who do you owe money to? 
what do your kids, you know, what, 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 where do you want this money to go? And then they do these what ifs. We do these what if scenarios that say, okay, what if uh, we started this income now? What happens to your IRA based upon a six or five or seven percent growth rate at 72 for required minimum distributions? And does it make sense? What happens if we start Social Security at 66, 67, What happens if one of us starts Social Security and the other one defers? I mean, that's how it, it, you know, it's much like anything else. We use this technology. What we don't know, obviously, what we don't know is where the market's going to react next year or the year after. What we can do is gauge pretty well over long periods of time how the market's going to We don't know what tax rates are going to be. We don't know what tax rates are going to do, and we don't know what's going to happen to Social Security. We don't know what's going to happen with Roth conversions. There's already some discussion of limiting those again. So anyway, but the house is all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the house. That was what you okay. called about. Well, my wife thanks you for your, your opinion. <laughs> it's, well, there's a lot of emotion tied up in that, typically as well, and it really yeah. uh, we're all we're all emotional beings, and when the, 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 we will go through another bad period in the stock market, and it's not going to feel good. And when you look at your account balances drop precipitously, and when you're talking, you got three and a half million bucks, a ten percent decline is a few hundred thousand dollars when you're eighty five percent in stocks, right? So we have a we have a forty percent decline. Suddenly, you've got a million dollar reduction in your your retirement savings. You're going to react. Well, you may not. Hopefully, you don't react. If you're going to react, then you should. But you're not going to feel good about it. But if you've got a mortgage on top of that, then it's it's compounds the fear. Yeah, we like, and it's not yeah. the financial markets that do damage to people's uh, investment portfolios. It's the investors themselves. It's not easy being an investor. It's we, easy when the markets are going up. We like clients to have their houses paid off when they go into retirement. Actually, as a general rule of thumb, yeah, not always. Because but, you, you build a moat around your, you and your family, right? Me and mine. Your job is to take care of me and mine. And one of the best ways to do that is to make sure that they have a place to live that isn't going to be wiped out because of the financial markets. Right? You got enough other things that could wipe the house yeah. out. Flood. Yeah. You live in California. There well, could be you. floods or fires all in the same week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Larry, uh, wish you well. And uh, anyway, that's our um, – give you some food for thought there. Um, I want to chat about this uh, exchange-traded – the ETF for cryptocurrency. Yes. First ETF that came out for cryptocurrency. Might have, I don't know, a week and a half ago or so, a couple weeks ago. ProShares ETF. Which ProShares is kind of known for uh, their exotic offerings in um, either like. Are they the ones that do the inverse ones yeah, and yeah, triple inverse and double, double inverse? All kinds of. They're known for their exotic offerings of where you could b- double inverse. It's almost inverse. like it's, it's, they're gambling. I mean, it, yeah. Like a double I'm not inverse, here to say anything negative or positive a, about Like a sure. double inverse on the uh, on the market would mean that if the market goes down, ten percent, you're going to make twenty. You're going to make twenty side, yeah. on the plus side, yeah, give or a, take. There's some cost involved. Yeah, double inverse. Uh, but the, the very first day, they had uh, first they five hundred and fifty million of new dollars went into this thing. It was a bit of a spike in. In Bitcoin, Bitcoin went up. It was about worth about sixty-five grand on, on that particular day, which has gone up. But so the the name of the the fund itself is called the ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF, and the ticker but is it, but BITO. It's, it's first day of trading. It was the second most traded ETF, in, um, for, on record. Good for ProShares. Good for those guys. <laughs> Bring it to the market. Maybe not great for the investors, but good for them. But the for weird thing the about market. it, when you when you buy that, one, you're not actually owning cryptocurrency. Yes, that's correct. And two, they're not owning cryptocurrency. They're using synthetic products that track the price of cryptocurrency. Yeah, they're using options to build these portfolios. Yes, which is interesting. Because the whole idea behind actually Bitcoin was to obscure the ownership. <laughs> That's part of it, right? <laughs> who, who owned it, right? 
If you look at the, I mean, if you're going to own my thought, if you're going to own cryptocurrency, why don't you just own cryptocurrency? Well, one of the dangers of owning cryptocurrency is where you actually store the cryptocurrency. Yeah. That's one of the dangers. And right? You lose your password, We've or you lose your password, or the crazy. people that actually create that bank aren't a hundred percent up front. Seen those stories, and those run off. But if you think about the where cryptocurrency really, really caught on, and Bitcoin especially was in uh, the uh, dark web uh, website Silk Road, and with Silk Road, um, you could cha- sell drugs, essentially, or other illegal things. But- How do you know about these things, Pat? <laughs> Read a lot? Okay. (laughs) The dark web, Silk Road. (laughs) No, I just find it, it, this thing that has been really obscure that now becomes commonplace. It's it's an interesting phenomenon. We'll see how this shall end. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of All Worth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Uh, again, to join us, 833-99-WORTH is the contact number. Be part of the fantastic radio and podcast. That's they get to decide whether it's fantastic or not. I'm not just us. giving you my opinion. <laughs> right, I think that I, is pretty much what people listen oh, for. We were, our opinions. We we were voted number one in an internal poll. Just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, we, we're afraid to ask the rest of the group here because they might right. not. Uh, yeah, I not agree with this. But all right, let's uh, talk with Sam. Sam, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hello, um, um, Sam from Woodland, California. Hi, I Sam. was just wondering. I, uh, oh, excuse me. Go ahead. No, I just said hi. Glad you called. How can we help? Oh, how are you doing? Hey, um, I got a profit sharing from my company, and it says I have to either roll it over or or pay taxes on it. I got eighty thousand dollars ninety two cents. I quit a, a company I left about two years ago, and I was wondering, should I go with a Roth IRA? Should I go with I, I don't know what to do with the funds. And Sam, how old are you? <laughs> I am 61. And how are these dollars currently invested? They're in the profit sharing, the, the company's profit sharing, so they're not, they're just, uh, they were invested. They were doing pretty good with it. Okay, so, so what happened is that uh, they were managing the pooled investment. So every year the company would decide wow. what percentage of the profits. I haven't would, seen one like this in years. Um, which they uh, would decide how much was going to go to the employees. They put it in there, and then the, the company itself actually managed the investment pool. So you didn't have great visibility unless you really looked as to what the investment pool but typically, is. Typically, and Sam, we're going on a little tangent here, but – uh, what what ends up happening in a company like that, they allocate dollars to the employees. It goes in a, their, an account for their employees. When they con- continue to manage the portfolio, they are taking on risk. A hundred percent. With with no upside. A hundred percent. They're not, because <laughs> the gain all goes to the employees. If, there's a, if they do something poorly and there's a loss, the employees can come back and sue the company. That's why I said, we hardly see these anymore. Yeah, I, Usually it's like, here's the profit sharing plan. You employee, you tell us how you'd like us to allocate these dollars. And then it acts very similar to a 401 k yes. where you actually aren't putting your own money in, but but sometimes they actually match into a 401k with profit sharing in order which to quite, get to, which is fairly common. So do you have any investments right now, Sam? Um, I have 60000 with Fidelity. And what do you have it invested um, in? It's Fidelity, it's mutual funds. Okay, and is it inside of an IRA or outside of an IRA? Outside of an IRA. Okay. I don't I have any IRAs. Okay, so you're going to want to open you, up an are IRA. You, are you still working? Yeah, I also have a pension if you want to know. But oh, how about your pension? That's, my pension, well, that's what I'm working out right now because it could be it could be 6200 um a month, but... Um, 
I didn't know my wife doesn't get anything with that, so I might have to cut that to seventy five percent. Okay. And then um and then I also get social security when I'm sixty five. I'm currently working, I'm gonna retire out of this job at at sixty two and I'm gonna start collecting four thousand for one of my pensions. I mean three yeah, four thousand for one of my pensions and then um I'm going to also continue working while I'm collecting that uh, as an, Why? Job, an inspector job. Hmm? Why? Why continue? Yeah, no. Why? Why are you starting the pension if you're going to continue to work? Will your income down go? Yeah, sig- I was confused. Will your too. income go down significantly? No, it won't. Okay, at, at sixty-two and a half, it's a it's a union pension. At sixty-two, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I, uh, my guess is that it was a union pension. So you were prevailing wage, yes. wage jobs and they would put X amount of dollars in per. So, but here's where, here's where the issue is. If you're going, just because you're eligible at 62 doesn't mean you, or 62 and a half doesn't mean you should take it at 62 and a half, especially if you're earning uh, substantial amounts of income at another job. What you may be better off doing is deferring it until 65 or 66 when you leave the workforce permanently and then start the distribution from that. So here's what you called it, which is so common in financial planning. We had a question earlier. Someone asked, should I pay up my mortgage? And then we went in a completely different direction. The answer for you is yes, you should open up an IRA. Yes, you should transfer that profit sharing to an IRA. Yes, you should have a portfolio of anywhere between 60 and 70% equities and the rest bonds and cash. No, you should not use a Roth IRA. You should use a regular IRA. That's the answer to that question. But the, but the, big, but the big question is when do I take these distributions from my pension – what age do I start and what is uh, the survivor benefit that I should use? And it may or may not be the same on both pensions based upon your life expectancy and your wife's life expectancy or your spouse's but life expectancy. There's no – what what I'm reading is there's no upside not to take the – because the pension won't grow. It won't expand are it, you, and it won't. Are you and sure? It, and it's a lifetime huh? – Are you sure? Yeah, I, I will double check, but I just went through it because I was going to retire at 58. I went through the whole thing. It's highly, un- it the- it's highly unusual that they don't continue to defer and grow until age 70. But then again, so was the fact that you have a profit sharing that was managed by the company. But most pension plans oh. allow a deferral up until age 70 when you can actually start taking – it's well, called I, a deferred I, vested I, I, pension. I will look into that because I mean I need it. I don't need the four grand, but I do need it to grow because yep. with inflation and everything else, I'd rather do that if if that's the okay. the uh, if I if I know it will help me later on. Well, the, the other I'll, way to actually to to go against that is that you actually then if that is you can't defer it, then what you want to do is maximize any of the pension benefits, 401ks, 403bs, 457, that is offered by your new employer. But if even if you're self-employed as an inspector, then you would want to set up your own UNIK and put the maximum or even go as far as to set up what's called a defined benefit pension plan in order to set that up. So um, the answer to your question is you want to roll that money into an IRA. But the bigger thing that you actually really should do quite frankly, is sit down with a qualified advisor and go over the whole scenario in order to make the decisions regarding this pension and how, if you have to take the pension at 62, how you can defer some of your earned income to offset the taxation on the pension. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And do I just look up one or do you guys have somebody or or how's that work out? Uh, Yes, uh, you could look someone up or you can go to, all, to yeah. allworthfinancial.com. While we might run ads about us periodically, we don't tend not to um, promote our firm. On the, on the, but, you, but you need a okay. qualified you need a qualified advisor to help you make these decisions. And they can charge by the hour, they can charge by the plan, or they can actually charge. Um, most of them will charge by the hour, charge by a financial plan, or charge you to manage the money. But um, you can go to our website, allworthfinancial.com. But we try not to 
promote our show too ourselves too much, but that's what we do for okay. a living. We manage what almost fourteen billion or something like now. Well, fourteen fourteen thousand households we serve. Yeah. So, so we, anyway, we work with lots of people. Appreciate the call uh, across the country and um, actually, I guess around the globe. Consider we've got clients that live in a variety of different areas. <laughs> Not around the whole globe. We have no clients That's in right. Arctic or Antarctic. How many people live in the Antarctic? But <laughs> it's part of the globe. <laughs> okay. Fair. <laughs> Although maybe we should start a marketing strategy. I know, but it, when you say we market, we we have clients around the globe. It sounds sounds a little puffery to me. Around the globe, how many clients do you have in the Ukraine, Scott? Zero. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's not the whole globe, then, is it? I can't think of any in the former Eastern Bloc, for that <laughs> okay. matter. Not a one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Other parts of Europe, yes. Pacific, yes. South America, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and California. Quite a which few. Which is almost a okay. foreign country at times. Uh, all right. Let's uh, continue on with the calls. Let's talk with Grace. Grace, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi, Grace. Hi. Okay. Um, here is my scenario. My partner and I were both 67. I just retired from my position because my boss passed away, but I could get another job, but I don't know if I want to. Okay. And my partner is going to probably work for another year because he can work from home. Um, We have a total portfolio of about 2.2 million. We have our home, which is probably in today's market, could sell for around 1.2. We still owe 220000 on the mortgage. Our monthly expenses are around $8,500 a month. Our current portfolio, because I'm very conservative, um, is probably, you're probably going to yell at me, but it's stocks around 30%, bonds 7 and cash 63. So my question is... And how is, long is it, how long is your retirement savings had that high of a cash allocation? Um, for, I would say, two years. And what was it like before then? It was 50-50. And what caused you to and change I, it? I, I don't, because I'm an emotional investor and I got spooked. Okay. Yeah. All right. And tell us your partner. Um, how old is your partner? 67. We're both 67. And you guys combine all your finances? You're not legally married, I guess? Right. We okay. combine everything. All right, you combine everything. And uh, what will your Social Security benefits be? Okay. So we both started taking Social Security at our full retirement age last year at 66. So he gets 2100 a month. And that's after Medicare Part B is taken off, and I get twenty three hundred. Okay. So I guess my my question is: Do I really need to put more in the stock market for us to live on for the next twenty five years? What's your income without the Social Security? What? How much money do you earn? Well, before he, you retired. Oh, before I retired, I was getting around a hundred and. Oh, with a bonus every year, probably around one hundred forty thousand a year. And what is his? His is around sixty five thousand a year. And is your mortgage? Uh, have you refinanced it recently to a thirty year mortgage? Yeah, well, it's at two point eight seven five. Okay. And do you and have any money? Thirty years. Pardon me? Is it a 30-year mortgage? That's what I would recommend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Keep your, keep well, do you have any money outside of IRAs of this $2.2 million, or is that in, all in IRAs? Or 401ks or tax? No, it's a total of everything. Okay. Um, the outside, outside, let's see, outside of IRAs is the cash. In, oh, You've got that much money. You've got over a million dollars in cash outside Iris. Yes. Oh yes. my, 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 my. So here's what. Here's what. I think you're okay. I think you're okay. How much is your mortgage payment every month? Nine sixty. I would just 
I'd pay off the mortgage. I'd pay off the mortgage. Really? Yeah, because I can guarantee you 2.875% on some of your cash. Do you want that? Yeah. Pay off your mortgage. You borrowed money from yourself at 2.875. You might even have that money deposited in the bank you borrowed from. Okay. Right. So, and okay. then it's a, that's yeah. a thousand bucks a month that you no longer need coming in. Yeah. And then, so if you look right. at your social security income, you, you'll be able to live comfortably. So now you're going to need $7,500 a month because we just right. got rid of a thousand dollar payment. Right? Uh-huh. Your social security between the two of them is $4,500 a month. You now have about $2 million left in there. If we take a distribution, a $2 million of 3%, that's $60,000 a year. You're good. You're in the money. Now, okay. that now, answers your question. But, yes. but, <laughs> I, I don't recommend this very often, but an immediate annuity for some portion of your dollars might not be a bad idea. Really? It's, I thought annuities were like, well, heck no. That's, I, the world, look, I think the world would be a better place if they were never invented because they're so misused and missold. An immediate annuity is, think of it like a pension plan. You right. take uh, wouldn't not all of your money. You take some uh, some chunk of cash. You turn it over to an insurance company. It's guaranteed income to last you to the rest of your life. And the only reason I'm recommending it to you, look, for two years you've been sitting with the majority of your of your retirement savings sitting in a, in cash. So so Scott, and the concern right. is if we say if we can build all the rational arguments why you, I think by the way I think you'd be well served with having an advisor because they would have possibly talked you through that. From going yeah. to that and I'm not trying cash. to sell all worth, but I just like last year when the pandemic had first hit and the markets were falling as an organization, we 24 seven was client communication with the main goal is don't let anyone give up on their financial plan. Don't let anyone sell during the down market. We even said, said no new clients for a period of time. We want to make sure all the clients don't 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 act emotionally. Uh, because that's when you make so, mistakes. So your thinking, Scott, is if you can give her a guarantee of income for a certain portion of this, it would allow her to put a little bit more that's equity exactly right. uh, in the portfolio, maybe yes. 40% or 45%. Get rid of the mortgage payment. That's like 1000 bucks a month. Right. Social Security covers a large portion of it. If there's another couple thousand bucks a month in, in guaranteed income, suddenly she's like, wait a minute. I've got... And, and that's the assumption that you and your partner have normal life expectancies. Yes. Right. Okay. Right. And then um, it's something to examine. I, I don't look, know. I would look at that. And by the way, I assume you have a living trust with you and your partner. Yes. Okay. Thank we you. We do. Thank you. <laughs> we don't have kids. It doesn't matter. Um, okay. We have Maybe even better. Dogs. Might even be a so better product that's... for you then. Actually, <laughs> I would even, if you don't have ch- children and you think you're going to live in the house the rest of your life, a reverse mortgage could be an option reverse as well. Reverse mortgage is an option as well. What do you care? Oh. Think about this. I like that idea better than and then, and, and, uh, paying and, off the mortgage. Yeah, I do too. This is why you probably should sit down with a qualified advisor. And we're not necessarily saying all worth, but a qualified advisor. And it may advisor. or may not be the right thing. They all, everything's got pluses and minuses. Yeah. But I'm thinking if you're my sister, I would I would highly recommend. And you're this risk averse. like then and, Let's and, try to get the risk off psychologically. And you, and you started by saying, can I – can Will I be okay without having to invest in more stocks? It was something along those lines. Like, is there a path for me to have financial security without having to live with the pain of the ups and downs of the markets? Right, because I think the market is so high. Okay, well, and, <laughs> you know, with the debt ceiling and all that. You don't that need to give. I'm just, I'm just trying to say, yes, there are there are a few paths to. Uh, accomplishing your objective. If you're not worried about what goes downstream, you want to make it so that you never run out of money and the last check you write bounces. <laughs> right. Right? And there's, there's, there's... Well, I want to leave some to, you know... Okay, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> so anyway, there's lots of different options and I would actually explore a reverse mortgage. I would look at a portion of an immediate annuity. I most certainly, if I didn't do a reverse mortgage, I'd pay off the house immediately. I'd pay off the house immediately and then explore a reverse mortgage, quite frankly. But don't they take, like, a big chunk? They're terrible if it's of- short term. Yeah. But if it's for the long term... If it, if, it, if, so, if you plan on being in the house for the next 20 years, they, they can be. Well, that's the thing. We don't know if we'll move we, or maybe we go. go down to Southern California there, or stay in Northern that, California. That's or, right. That's so, right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why financial planning is never done. 
It's dynamic. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not you're, like you're, you're in a good. You're in yeah, good. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. And by financially. the way, Grace. Yeah. You, what? Don't look back and and say oh, that was a mistake. Like you did was the was the right decision for you at the time, or was the decision you made anyway at that time? That's all fine. What we have is today and the future. That's all we have to live for. And just because your neighbor, your friend, or whatever has a certain type of portfolio does not mean that you have to have the same kind of portfolio. And Grace, if you were my sister, I'd say go sit down with a qualified financial advisor. Yes, sure. And it would be appropriate since my sister is named Grace. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe this is your sister. Oh, I know. You've Grace, set her up. Grace, is that you? <laughs> How was Sun River? <laughs> Oh, I appreciate, right. the, appreciate call. the call. Wish you well. Okay. Right. Thanks. Thanks. And let's talk now with Dave in San Jose. Hi, Team Allworth. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Dave. Well, thank you for the enthusiasm. Yes. I'm excited. Always okay. excited to get free, good, free financial advice. Well, let's. we're going to give you at least the free part. So let's <laughs> well, okay. start we can with that. later on the good. So, so my question is a little bit more general and not necessarily so specific to just me, but I'm, I'm in my late fifties. I'm a fairly conservative investor. I've got a, I've got a pretty nice 401k. I own a house uh, with, with, with quite some equity, probably 1.5 million in equity. I have a, a small investment account. I'm, I'm, I've got some stocks. And then I also, I've been working for the last seven years for a company that's been very generous with RSUs. And as I vest in those, I have a tendency to want to divest because I'm very heavy in that one company. Yep. And so okay. I want to, I want, so I sell them, not all of them, but, but quite a bit of them to, to divest. And as I, as I sell them, I, I, it frees up a little bit of cash and I look around and I think, you know, what do I want to invest in? And then I start reading about Bitcoin, Ethereum, cryptocurrency. And it, from what I'm reading, every single person who's ever touched Bitcoin is now a multi-billionaire mm -hmm. and everybody's rich. And I've always thought of that as a very shaky, very nebulous, not something I'd want to get into. I'm a little bit risk averse. I'm a little bit more conservative. But everyone seems to be jumping on the bandwagon. And I'd like to hear about from someone who knows what they're talking about, what they think of that. So uh, I don't think anyone really knows how this Bitcoin That's story right. <laughs> is going to end. That's right. Um, That's why it's so volatile. Yes. Uh, the concept behind it. First of all, when you look at China just banned their uh, citizens from owning Bitcoin or any of those other coins. They, like, you can't own them anymore. So as far as a global currency, we can count 1.6 whatever the population is of China now, billion and a half people off the equation, right? So that aren't going to be able to participate in this. There's some strange things behind it. And this whole concept of having to mine it, where it takes power, it takes energy. I mean, the majority of our power in the world still comes from fossil fuels. So we are taking fossil fuels to mine a digital product that, that does, it makes no, I mean, it makes no sense it's, from that standpoint. It's a, why would you create anything like that? So if, if no one really knows how it's going to end, I see it as highly, highly, highly speculative. Um, and by the way, when you read about uh, everyone that touches it turns to gold, that's true because that's the narrative. That's If you read it and said everyone that touched this thing lost all their money, then you wouldn't. There wouldn't be a story. There the wouldn't be a wouldn't story, right? There wouldn't be a yeah. story behind it. If you go to TikTok or any of the other social media pages. Um, Isn't that where I'm supposed to get my financial advice? Well, from? Yeah. It, <laughs> Only the short videos. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's there. I wouldn't, uh, I, I, if I was, I wouldn't touch it unless you had okay. hundreds of millions of dollars and you could throw something at it and not worry about it. But you said you're a relatively conservative investor. I am, and, and I don't have... I, I, don't, I don't have, have a dime in it. I, I don't have a penny in it. I, I, but I, okay. I mean, I, I've got a colleague, we have a colleague in our industry that he's basically left the financial... He's not a financial advisor anymore. Now he wants to teach financial advisors on the benefits of cryptocurrency. Okay. But okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Like, but how much, okay. even if you were like, how much would you want to actually allocate? Even if you wanted to, you're not going to well, bet enough that it's going to impact your life, you, your livelihood. What scares me more than anything is the exchanges that you hold it on. Right. 
the coin bases and, the, and yeah. all those I mean, other look at ones the, that, just, are, that are just read a story of the guy in uh, Canada had this own thing and every two hundred and fifty million dollars fakes his own death in the Middle East. Boom, done, gone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I understand. So that 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 makes me feel a little bit better yeah. knowing that you guys are are, are not yet ready to to recommend it no. even even to the non risk averse. No. no, no. So I have one more follow up question, sure. and it's it's a little bit similar. And I've also been reading a lot about NFTs, mm-hmm. um, artwork that's created digitally. That I don't um, get it. You know the 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 bored apes. Yeah, um, no, non fungible tokens. Were, yeah, I don't get it exactly. I don't get it. I don't get okay. it. You know, because it's the people that played Pokemon cards when they were young are now grownups. And now mm-hmm. they get to trade Pokemon cards, but in a digital format. I don't get it. Okay. I, don't, don't I get think it. it's all based on the greater fool theory. There's going to be a greater fool in the future who'll pay more than what you paid for. But then again, I don't. Well, I mean, if you, yeah, if you look at some of them, people were buying them for there's $500. No there's no, there's no, there's no question. There's people, now. there's probably billionaires or at least uh, multimillionaires off cryptocurrency. Like, there's, fine. But there's a market for, for uh, tennis shoes as well that are, are limited editions, yep. right? I saw a pair of Michael Jordans going for a million bucks, right? Yeah. I don't get that either. I don't get that either. Like, <laughs> so maybe maybe we're a little bit too old school. I don't know. Maybe we're really interested in being able to price our clients' portfolios and turn it into cash on a daily basis. Well, well the, you, here's you, part of the reality, though. Most of the people we work with are nearing or in retirement, right? So they're not yeah. 25 or 30 where if something right. goes south, they've got time to make it up. For most of the people right. we're working with, it's like, they're within five like, years of retirement. Although, most of them although are we all want to get, we all want to come on. We all want to have a home run and we make millions without doing anything in a short amount of time with no risk. We all want that. But what we really want is to make sure that we can maintain our same standard of living the rest of our life and not go backwards. We want the greatest yeah. degree of certainty in the future of our, for our finances. And we manage that money around lot, that. That sounds a lot more attractive. You can tell how old I am because that, that that sounds a lot more attractive. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, we appreciate the call. Yeah, I wish I you well. I appreciate thank your help. Thanks, thanks so Dave. much for your advice. All right, thank you. All right. Well, we are about out of time, and it's always great being with you um, as we talk about financial matters. And again, if you do not subscribe to our newsletter, allworthfinancial.com, you can uh, sign up right there. And actually, while you're on our website, we've got some great retirement guides. It's really an in-depth look at a variety of different financial topics, some like uh, retirement health care guide or nine things everyone must know about Social Security or seven simple steps to prepare for retirement as an example. So it's been a great being with you. We will see you next week. This has been Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.